All right. Amy Van Dyken, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Where are you good. coming from right now? So right now we are in Denver, Colorado, like literally Denver, Colorado. You could throw a baseball. Well, I couldn't because I can't throw, but um, I throw like a girl. <laughs> but you throw a baseball right over to Coors Field. So it is amazing. Awesome. Well, well, good stuff. So how's the whole lockdown been for you in this past four months? Oh my God. It's just crazy. Like at first, I think, right. I think we all went through waves of how we felt. Right. So at first I was like, Hey, this isn't bad. Like I don't have to go to the gym. I can work out in my garage and just be home all day and it'll be awesome. And then we started doing the zoom meetings mm. and then we started doing the zoom happy hours, which oh, yeah. went really bad. I think Betty Ford may be expecting a few of us <laughs> in her little clinic. Right. Seriously. And then I just got mad. And I think that's kind of, and now I'm just annoyed. Like, I'm just annoyed. I'm just like, let's get this over with. Let's open things up. I know we can't, like, I get it, but, you know, that's know. where I'm at. Yeah. Well, it's, it's crazy. But it's been good for me because I've been able to track people down and, and do some podcasts. So this is pretty cool. <laughs> well, yeah, except for me because I tell you the wrong time. Like, I tell you the wrong, <laughs> I'm living in the wrong state. So it's all good, though. Sorry about that. <laughs> we figured it out. It's all good. No worries. So, listen, um, you're a sprinter, and I, and I love sprinters. So we, yeah. we're going we're gonna to connect straight off the bat. Um, love it. Was, was swimming always the thing for you or, or were you, you know, were you, was it a toss up between another sport? So I actually started swimming because um, I'm a severe asthmatic. So mm. that's why they put me in the pool. And I was actually so bad, like awful. Me too. Nobody wanted, uh, were you? Yeah, yeah me too. Mm -hmm. Now look at us, right? Yeah. So yeah. those people that are not doing well, heads up, you yeah. may be uh, going to the Olympics and representing the country. So exactly. yeah, I was awful. And so I kept doing other things, right? So I did soccer, but that didn't work well because the running. And then yeah. I tried softball, eh, tried gymnastics. That didn't work because I'm six feet tall. So that's uh, no. And I just, I fell in love with swimming. So that kind of was my thing, but I, I did try other things. So right? what age like, did, they, I, did they throw you in the pool at what age? I started swim team when I was six. Okay. And then it took me another six years to finish 25 meters. Wow. Which is probably why I'm a sprinter. I never learned to count multiple laps. So yeah, yeah. one and done. <laughs> so were you in hospital like that severe as a kid? Yes, I was. I was in and out of hospital probably once a month um, on IVs. I remember one time they couldn't, my veins had shut down. So they actually had to do IVs in my feet as a kid. So it was awful. But yeah, it was, it was nasty. Yeah, I remember when I was a kid, I, I'd go to sleep and then I'd, I'd turn and pull the IVs out. So they actually put yeah. like a, a cast over my arm so I couldn't pull the IVs out. Right. Isn't that, so you, that's right. You're asthmatic too. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty severe. So I get it. I've forgotten about that. That's right. Yeah. I, Cause I remember when I heard about that, I was like, yes, he's a sprinter mm -hmm. and he's from Australia. Cause mm -hmm. I, for some reason want to be from Australia. Um, and, <laughs> and he's got <laughs> asthma. So yeah, so we've got that in common. Like you remember all the nebulizer stuff, right? Oh yeah. Jeez. God, I carry that thing oh. everywhere. Oh, it was so heavy back in the day. Now they're like that big or whatever, but like back in the day they were big old, it like power chain them up and yeah. yeah. Well, I was afraid to put my head in the water. So I was a backstroker for a couple of years there. Um, because I, cause I could just stick my face out and breathe the whole time. So backstroke was the thing for me. Was there anything like that for you? Yeah. So I actually thought I was a backstroker and oh. I was in high school and my coach goes, Amy, you're, uh, I don't know how to tell you this. You're not a backstroker. And I think you might be a butterflyer. I'm like, Oh, I'm not a butterflyer. So anyway, he puts me in a meet at the end of the week 
and it was against the state champion and I actually ended up beating her and I went to the coach and I said I might be a butterflyer now oh wow so that's how it worked out too so where'd you grow up I grew up in Colorado, oh, so wow. grew up here and um, did all my training here, went to the University of Arizona for two years, and then came back to Colorado. Yeah, why'd you do that? Why, why, the Broncos. why'd you, why'd you, why'd why'd you go to Arizona and then, and then leave? Uh, so I went there, um, obviously, because Rick DeMont, he was an amazing swim coach. Frank Bush, an amazing coach. Yeah. Um, I loved kind of the premise of what they were doing, and got out there and I did amazing. And then my sophomore year, um, had so many health problems. I got mono and was in and out of the hospital because of course the asthma then kicks up. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, a couple other medical things that happened and I actually quit swimming. So it wasn't that I didn't like the team. It was that I didn't like swimming just cause I was so sick. So I actually went to Colorado state just to go to school and the coach saw me and he's like, I'll pay for your year if you give me one semester. And if you don't like it, you can shut it down. But if, and I'll pay for the rest of your year. But if you like it, keep swimming. And Brett, I'm not a smart woman, but I got that math that it was yeah. pretty good. Yeah. So I got back in the pool and here you go. Who was the coach then? John Matos. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't nice. know if you remember him. He uh, coached a couple of national teams. He was an assistant coach yeah. um, for the United States. But, you know, small school in Colorado. and he's just an amazing guy. So what do you think click then? Like you, you go from wanting to, well, you've basically quit because of health and yep. other things and just hating it. But, and then, and then all of a sudden, you know, you have this amazing success. What was the secret there? I don't know. And I don't know if it was because I didn't have the pressure on me. I almost wonder if the health stuff was because I felt so much pressure on myself. You know, I'm at a pack 10 school at the time yeah. and that's a lot of pressure. Um, and it was a huge program. But then I go to Colorado State and people didn't even know that there was a swim team. I remember wearing like a swimming shirt and people are like, oh, that's cute. I didn't know we had a swim team. I know. <laughs> so I don't know if that was what it was, you know, maybe, but whatever it was, I, I cannot thank him enough. And I thank him all the time for getting me back in the water. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of us back, you know, back in our era know you for being this total badass, you know, like just this, just this super stud sprint freak, you know? So like, how did that all come about? Like, where did, where did this confidence come from to take on the whole world? I have no idea. I think it happened again when I went to Colorado state and that first year I started swimming great. And I remember at NCAAs, I remember I beat Jenny Thompson in a few events, which was mm -hmm. huge for me. Cause she was like the woman. Yeah. Um, and I, I broke the American record in the 50 free. And then I thought, well, maybe I could go to the Olympics. So that's kind of where it came from. What's interesting though, is like, you know, when you talk about like my pre-race ritual, right? Like the spitting and you know, the slap of myself, I did that because it was like good luck. And I don't know if a lot of people know that. So I saw Matt Biondi one time scoop water in his mouth and spit it out back mm. in his lane and he won. So I tried it in my summer league meet. I did it and I won. So it all became like, if I did something, then it, I won because of that. It wasn't because I was a good swimmer or I trained harder. It was because, you know, I, you know, put water in my mouth and spat it out and I had a leprechaun in my left pocket and all the things. So that's really what it was. It was exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun though. It's awesome. I mean, right? you, I mean but you had like you, you also, you carried yourself in a way that was 
a little bit different too. Like you, 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 I'm some, sometimes the, the male sprinters can kind of beat their chest a little bit. It's not, it's not normal for the females to do it, but you're, you're up there and you're doing stuff like that. It's must be pretty intimidating to see you. Well, kind of, but that was kind of also why I did it. Right. Mm -hmm. Was I felt like physically I was even if, if not even below the other people I was swimming against, but mentally I figured I was maybe a little stronger. So if by me spitting in Jenny Thompson's lane, you know, offends her to the point where she's now not thinking about the race and she's thinking about what the heck is Amy doing over there? Well, then I won. Right. And, mm. and I'm convinced in 96, that's why I did so well. I just think that I freaked the Chinese women out and they just didn't know what to think. And they were worried about what is she going to do next? And then the gun goes off and well, I gotcha. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, what was the training like back then? Like, uh, you know, for sprinting wasn't really a thing. Even when I swam in 2000 at the Olympics, it was still looked at as like the 50s, not a real event. You're all jokers. You don't train very hard. I mean, were you, what kind of training were you doing in 96 to win the 50 freestyle? So I trained with John T. Skinner um, oh. at, at the Olympic Training Center. And, you know, he was Mr. Sprint coach, but he didn't train us like sprinters. I mean, we trained like middle distance swimmers, really. I mean, I remember doing 10 400s with 30 seconds rest, best average. I mean, I swim two laps of the pool, like, yeah. you know, on a good day. So I remember really getting after it. And it was a good, you know, two and a half hours twice a day, probably the same thing you were doing. I mean, because at the time, remember, they didn't realize that you could swim faster if you were rested a little bit more. So I think you and I, same thing. It was just a lot of training. Yeah. Well, how, how did you go so fast? And like, how, how'd you go 21, seven short course? Like, and then what, what did you end up? What was your winning time in, in 96? Do you remember in the 50? Oh gosh. It was a uh, 24, seven, nine. Wow. Wouldn't even make the final heat now. <laughs> but I mean, it's still quick. I mean, if you get a girl go 24, seven, you're like, Oh man, you're moving, but, but you're not doing, you know, 10, 400s best average, you know, I wouldn't think. Right. Right, right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was fine. It, it was good. I mean, listen, I'll take it. These girls today, dude, they're like, they're unbelievable. I watched Simone Manuel, like some of 50. And I know you've seen it in person. I've seen you on the pool deck. It is impressive to watch these women fly. I mean, they're moving water like you guys did back yeah. in the day. So I don't know, man, it's fun to watch. It's fun. It's fun to also see how training has progressed for me. You know, like, training how I trained and how you trained and now seeing how they're training now. I'm like, dang, I came in the wrong era. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think anyone's really matched your four goals uh, from, from the Olympics. Have they for a, for a female swimmer? Have they? No. So it has been matched, but it has not been broken, but it will be broken this time. So guaranteed it's going to be a toss up between Katie Ledecky and Simone Manuel. Um, to, to break it. And so hopefully in 2021, I'll be there. Cause I want to be there when that goes down. Right. Like mm. that's, that's a cool thing. And so, you know, whoever does it, I want to be there to like give them a high five or a hug or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, pretty yeah, awesome. I get it for Stay. one more year, Brett. One take more it. year. Take it, take it another year I'm for sure. It. What was the first goal? Do you, uh, was it the relay? First goal. Yes. So first goal was a 400 free relay. And, um, I actually, the, 100 free was the first night back in the day and I swam it. I got fourth. I was all upset. You know, I was like, dang, I let my country down. Like this is terrible and collapsed on the leg deck uh, on the deck with leg cramps. And it was very dramatic. Mm. Um, and they didn't even know if they were going to put me on the relay that night and they did and ended up going the fastest split in history at that time. So 
Um, that was the first gold. It was an amazing group of women and, um, you know, women that I was just really proud to swim against. And you know how that is like, you know, you swim against people and, um, there's rivalries and things like that. But at the end of the day, those people are the ones that make you better. So I looked at those women and like, without them, there's no way I would have done even close to what I did. So who was your, who, who, who was your rivals in 96? Who were the people that like were right there with you that you were, you were trying to get? So aside from the Chinese women, right yeah. back in the day, mm. um, you know, I had Le Jing Yi, um, but basically in 96, it was Jenny Thompson okay. and Angel Martino. And those were the two girls that just, I mean, it could go either way between the three of us, by the way, nice dog. Yeah. yeah. Floating <laughs> around back there. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It was awesome. Just chilling, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think you listen, you know, you have these rivalries and people can think what they want to about it. But at the end of the day, like now that it's done, right. I love those women and, you know, I'm in touch with most of them, but because without them, I don't get better. And hopefully yeah. without me, they don't get better. So, you know what, it's fun to have rivalries and let the media take it off and, you know, make it into something. But yeah, they're amazing women. Was, was, um, what, what, what was it about the hundred free? Cause when I look at your record, like you're amazing in the 50, uh, free, you're amazing in the hundred fly. And then you obviously swam relays real well. Like you said, it's fastest splits in history. Why weren't you winning the hundred freestyle? What was going on? It was really far, Brett. It was a far way. I had to count to two. It was off. Listen, dude. So I told you, I like, I won like in 24, seven, nine, right? I literally, and I can't make this crap up. I would turn at 25. Oh, Mm, yeah right so like i would take that first 50 out so hard and then i mean you could just see it like coming home it was like (laughs) so you know just booty down head up just gasping for air i never really figured out how to swim it the right way and and look it still happens to this day we still still have the same issue why is it that we can swim an amazing relay in the hundred but we can't put a, a gun start one together. What, what's the difference you think? I think it's because you've got such adrenaline, right? You've got these other three people where, you know, if you don't swim it as fast as you can, you're not just hurting yourself, like you're hurting them. But I think that's why I always love the relays because that's how I always felt. Um, even to this day, if it's a partner workout, I, I just, I do so much better because I don't want to let that person down. But I think that's what it was. Plus, I mean, you remember back in 2000, like, you know, I remember swimming those relays, but I remember watching. It was you guys. It was the United States. Gary Hall was doing all of his antics. Like, it's just such a crowd pleaser and you get the crowd into it. You get the teams into it. It's a riot, man. Yeah. But wouldn't I mean, it be- do you feel that be, way? Yeah, I feel that way totally. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah. there's a difference. And, and like you said, most of what you just described is mental. So I'm like- imagine if there was a way that mentally we could tap into that in, in our individual races. There must be because we can tap into it in a relay. So there's got to be a way that we can tap it. But for some reason we can never figure it out. And it happens to a lot of people. It's so weird, right? You just need to have those other three people like behind yeah. your block, like yelling and screaming like crazy people. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And then maybe <laughs> you'll just uh, rip one. I don't know. Yeah, there you go. That'd be nice. <laughs> I was the same way though, but I used to have a little yeah. bit of anxiety towards the, the hundred free. Like you bring, I brought, I brought my baggage in with me too. Like any, anytime I'd have a bad experience in a hundred, I'd bring that into the next hundred and I'd be like, Oh, I don't, you know, I don't want that to happen. I hope that doesn't happen. And then 
inevitably you say it enough and it ends up happening. Yeah, exactly. Like, what is that? Oprah Winfrey and the secret. Like, if you want a red bicycle, wish for it. Yeah, if you want a bad hundred, just wish for it. I think same, same, right? Because yeah. think about it, like you and I were like pure sprinters. Yeah. Like the yeah. 50 was our jam. Yeah. And it almost seemed like, I, I don't know how you felt about it, but it was like, oh my gosh, I have to put two of those together. And not thinking that, well, maybe you could slow down the first 50 a little bit, you moron. <laughs> not go out so fast. But yeah, I don't know if that's the same, like how how it was with you, but that's kind of my mind. Mm. Do you ever miss that person? That, that 96 Olympian, like that, that badass, like, do you miss that person? No, she's still there. I found that out last summer when I was competing uh, at the CrossFit games. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, man, I'll tell Spitting you what, in people's was, lane. <laughs> what's funny was the first event was swimming. Oh, really? Everyone was like watching, like all the cameras were on. I'm like, Oh man, just don't act like a, butthole you'll be <laughs> fine amy you'll be fine but i kind of did right like there'd be a girl in front of me in the workout and i'd be like no son of a i'm gonna get like i would when i was yeah. swimming yeah. and like who is this human like this is crazy so she's still there right i think it's a little calmer because we all learn a little bit uh through our years um but do i miss her I, no i don't think so i think it would be bad to be like that all the time you know mm. road rage is, is a real thing man <laughs> <laughs> it'd be really bad to get that when you're on the on the highway did you need that to get the best out of yourself like you couldn't be in a happy place to to swim fast like you needed a bit of rage you needed some rivalry you needed some um, you know some some of this you know like uh, what yeah. do they call that like uh, just tension you know yeah i did i i truly did and you know, it was, I always felt that I needed to have some sort of angst towards the person next to me. Mm. When the race was over, hey, we were fine. It was great. I mean, on my end, I have upset this person so much that yeah. probably not on their end, you know, but yeah, I did. I, that's how I had to swim. And, you know, they also say like winners, there's, there's two ways to look at it, right? Like either you loved winning or you were afraid to lose and it, you're either one or the other. I'm telling you, I think I was both. I loved winning, but I also was scared to death of losing. So I think that I would always look at that person like, you're trying to make me lose almost to get myself fired up. It's so weird. How, did you swim that? Like, how did you swim it? Yeah, well, um, no, I, I found that I swam my best when I was relaxed. But I had a girl by the name of Ariana Vanderpoolis, and I'm um, just shout out Ariana. I took her to the Olympics in 2012, and I, and she was the same way. Like, if she was happy, she was not going to swim fast. So I'd always have to find ways to, you know, manufacture something to get under her skin or create something that would get her in a situation where, ultimately, she was pissed off. She swam better pissed off. And when she was pissed off, she would really, like, you'd really get the best out of her. So was there times where you had to manufacture that at, at, at all? Oh, I totally had to manufacture it. To the point so much so that I had, to, I had a big, huge uh, jug that I would fill with black coffee. And I would chug it just to get my blood going to the point where I was just on fire. But yes, I had to swim angry. And I don't get it because I'm not an angry person unless you ask my husband, then maybe I am. It's fine. <laughs> Nothing to see. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but yeah, like, I mean, I'm truly not an angry person. So why I had to swim that way, I have no idea. It's so weird. 
So were you a tough teammate? Like I watched the Jordan um, documentary and obviously he was a tough, tough teammate, but, but he, but in his mind, it's like, look, I had to be to get the best out of everybody. Do you kind of have those feelings or regrets in yourself? Not regrets, but you look back and you're a little bit embarrassed about you were, you were a tough teammate. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I do. And you know, when I have an opportunity to talk to some of the other teammates, you know, I just try to let them know that I, you know, I'm so sorry. It was just a weird time. And, um, you know, I, I do absolutely. I, you know, I think I was always harder on myself and I think that I had so much, um, pressure and I don't know, I was always mad at myself cause I didn't feel like I gave enough. And so I projected that on other people and it's just not cool, but you know, I've talked to a lot of them since then and we're all good. You know, you, like I said before, like you grow up, right. And you learn these things and you know, I, I I wish that I could have been a better teammate because it could have helped all of us be better. But, you know, you live and learn. And sadly, I learned a little late. Well, listen, you're on, you're on some real as the one gold medal. So you're obviously a pretty damn good teammate at, for, for some of them yeah. as well. So uh, I just didn't want them to pound my booty back at the village, <laughs> right? <laughs> now, listen, you got fourth a couple of times at the Olympics. Was that in your mind, was that better than getting second or third? Like would, or was fourth just terrible? I wouldn't say fourth. Is I mean, listen, my first race, I got fourth and that was terrible because it set off a whole slew of events that didn't, you know, need to happen. Uh, you know, talking about me, maybe not swimming events, um, the rest of the, the meet just because I wasn't ready and things like that. And so mm. there was a lot of uh, external struggle that was, I guess, the result of that. Um, I also looked at myself as a failure at that moment because I did, I let my country down. That was the first time that I swam. And, you know, I thought that I could come in at least medal in that event and to not do it. It was just awful. Um, the last fourth medal, fourth, fourth medal, <laughs> the last fourth place I got was actually my very last race ever. And it was amazing. And it, I will never forget it because, you know, it was in Australia. And you Aussies, you, you love swimming, so you get it. And everyone knew that was it. Like, I was done after that. I had two shoulder surgeries. It was hard to put myself back together. And everyone knew that was it. And I remember walking off the pool deck really slowly. And I was the last one there. And I turned around, and everyone started clapping really loud and stood up. And NBC's trying to get me off, you know, because they're like, we're on a timeline. And I was like, hold on, because the next time that I hear this, it's not for me. It's for somebody else. So I'm going to like take this all in. And the longer I stood there, the louder, of course, you know, Aussies are like, yeah, girl, good on you. And they were just going nuts. And it was just really a lot of fun. So that fourth place was very different. And it meant more to me than any of those gold medals did. Really? Wow. Which is really weird. Just because I knew that it was the end. You know, people let me know that they appreciated what I had done. I went off and you know, I started crying, my friends started crying, coaches, all the things. So it was, it was really a, it was a good way to end it. Winning would have been better, but it's fine. Did you ever, did you win any other medals, like any color, any other colors or was it just gold and fourth? Gold or fourth. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, we've, we've discussed, I'm a smart woman. So if I like throw in a silver or a bronze and it's very hard for me to describe to people, um, but when you just say gold, then it, it works out well. Yeah, much better. <laughs> simple, <laughs> <Yeah>. simple. So <laughs> what about the 100 fly then? Like if you couldn't, yeah. if, you, if, you, if you sprinted your, your 100 free, you went out like a mad woman and then died. What, how come you were so right. successful in the 100 fly? I, 
you know what, Brent, like if we could just like find that out, it would have been an amazing thing. I have no idea what it was. I think it was because I wasn't bringing that baggage of, oh, I got to put two 50s mm. together and the 50 is so hard and two of them together. It was, there was no 50 at the time. You know, we didn't have the opportunity to do that. So it was just the hundred fly and I learned how to pace it and I learned how to do it well. And um, I don't know why it came together so well for me. I, I really wish I had the answer because I think a lot of swimmers uh, are in the same boat. And I have no idea. I have really honestly no answer. Like I rarely get... Uh, flabbergasted at a question and that uh, you got me <laughs> that one got you. yeah I, I couldn't understand i was reading through your bio i'm like all right she can swim 100 and she's killing the fly why isn't she killing this 100 freestyling again i'm not smart and so yeah. it takes a lot of brain power to like figure it out right <laughs> so what did they put you on in the medley relay oh excuse me uh, what good uh, question well, yeah what what position did they put you on in the medley so funny story. I said, after I told my coaches that if I win this hundred fly tonight, I'm never swimming it again. So the medley relay comes up. Right. And I had just won the hundred fly mm -hmm. and they're talking about, Oh, Amy, you swim the butterfly and angel, you'll swim the freestyle. And I argued my point that it would be faster if angel swam the butterfly and I swam the freestyle, um, time-wise. And for some reason it made sense to the coaches. I swam freestyle. I went out winning the hundred butterfly. I never swam it again. Oh, wow. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, part of it was shoulder problems. Um, you know, I, like I said, I had two shoulder surgeries and I just didn't have that flexibility anymore. Um, and in 96, I think I was just tired. I was swimming a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, was Sydney one of those um, events where you didn't think you, you might make it? Yeah, exactly. And I had actually been told by my, sur uh, my the surgeon that did my first surgery, he said, listen, you're probably not going to make it back. I don't see you swimming again. And it took 18 months, but I got back in the water and I swam for a bit. And then six months to the day of trials for 2000, I had my second shoulder surgery. Mm. And again, you're like, I don't think you're going to make it. There's no way. And so it, to make it in an individual and then to swim two relays was huge. So that's why I think Sydney was tough on me, really tough on me mentally and physically. Um, but it was also uh, amazing because I never thought that I would be there. Oh, something's, something's beeping in my house. You hear oh, that? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, what is that? I don't know, a little crazy. I think uh, someone set the fire alarm off. That's not really nice. good during a podcast. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to pause this for a minute and then uh, yeah, start again. Perfect. All right, we're back. Uh, alarms, alarms are gone. So, um, <laughs> listen, we were talking about six months out, you have shoulder surgery. How is it? It's, it's not possible to have shoulder surgery and then make the Olympic team six months later. That's just not possible. Right. I don't, and it happened. It was weird, you know, and, uh, I wow. figured it would be a long shot, but then I made it in three events and it was just awesome. You know, and two of those relays, which we talked about earlier, I love relays. So it was a great way to go out. Um, I'm glad I didn't uh, shut it down after 96. I really needed to have a, a really fun experience where I wasn't swimming every day. Um, so that I could watch people swim and, and just enjoy it. Plus Australia put on a good show. So it's good. Yeah, it was a great Olympics. I, I loved it too. Um, I grew up, yeah. um, I grew up 15 minute drive from the Olympic stadium. So, um, I had, oh my God. I had hundreds of people there, family, friends, they, some, my dad somehow wrangled tickets from all over the place. And, um, it was, it was, it was too much for me. I didn't like performing in front of my family and friends cause I, Everybody just thinks, well, it's your home Olympics, you're going to win the gold medal. 
And I'm like, right. you, you understand I'm racing Alexander Popoff and um, Peter Van and Hoogham, you know, people like this, but they don't, they didn't know. They're just like, you're going to win the gold. I'm like, oh, that's not. Oh, I, but that's how families always are, right? <laughs> they just think that you're like the smartest and the best ever. But I like that. That's really cool. Did your family awesome. come to Sydney? They did. Yeah. They came to Sydney and uh, they loved it. Yeah. yeah. And got to go to opening ceremonies. So oh, cool. they had a riot out there. They got invited to some strangers. They were on a train or something. I don't remember what it was. And they were talking about something and they, my dad said his last name and they're like, Oh, do you know Amy? And my dad's like, that's my daughter. They went over to their house that night for a uh, steak and beer. Oh, yeah. very cool. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so why'd you, why'd you end up getting in so much trouble for spitting in Inga de Bruins lane? You think like, uh, I, I used to do that with my competitors too, but did they just happen to catch it? Did they? Well, no, I, here's what's funny about it. So I did it in 96 and I actually had done an interview with Rowdy Gaines two weeks before the, the Olympics. And he asked me about it. The whole interview was basically about my spitting. Mm. And then all of a sudden I do it to Inga and now I'm the spawn of the devil. <laughs> I don't know if it's because, um, you know, th listen, in 96, we had a lot of scandal, right? Like we had uh, Michelle Smith from Ireland yeah. and, you know, her goggles breaking and is she or isn't she? We had the Chinese women, are they or aren't they? And yeah. we had all this stuff going on. And in Sydney, it was a really drama-free Olympics, if you want my opinion. And I just think maybe people got bored and just started talking about it. Yeah. Did you have an I issue with I mean, I was with, a little more Inga? violent with Inga. What's that? Did you have, a, like, a personal issue with her, you think? I didn't. So here, like, in 96, so she had made the team in Netherlands in 92. Hmm. And so swimming up to 96, like, her and I became friendly. Van Dyken, De Bruyne, like, my grandfather's from Amsterdam. Hmm. Like, yeah. we had a connection. She didn't make the team in 96 and we kept swimming, kept swimming. And then all of a sudden in 2000, it's like, I'm walking down the hallway and she hissed at me. I'm like, okay. So apparently it's on. <laughs> so that's when, uh, that's when it started. Fair enough. Why not? Why not? I mean, when you walk down the hall and a girl goes, <laughs> you're like, you obviously don't have me mistaken for someone else. Yeah. Uh, maybe we're going to fight. I'm not confident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bring it on, bitch. <laughs> that's right <laughs> about swimming angry there you go <laughs> yeah so so then after 2000 years knew it it was done that was it yeah. yeah yeah i knew i was done it took so long to put my body back together with you know i was an older athlete at the time i was training a lot you know the shoulder surgery so i knew that was it and plus you know i was engaged at the time so it was like time to start a whole new life which i did so it was it was really cool it was you know it was a good transition i i had an easier transition than i hear a lot of people have um, so, and I don't know if that was because I was engaged and I was, you know, excited to get married and all the things. Um, but you know, switching over to normal human life was, was kind of cool. How'd you meet your husband? So he was playing for the Denver Broncos at the time. And, um, I was a Denver Bronco fan and it just so happened we went to a game. My friend said, you and Tom Ruin would be perfect. I'm like, well, he's really cute, but he's a punter. He's probably five, four. <laughs> and end up going out to a restaurant that night. There's this tall, handsome guy standing behind me, happened to be Tom Ruin. Long story short, there you go. I found mm. out that punters are tall, kickers tall. are short. Mm. So I don't know if you remember Darren Bennett, who was a rugby player. Yeah. Uh, he ended up playing for the Chargers. So he was a huge man. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, well, that's very cool. So then <laughs> what, what did you get into then beyond, after swimming? What did you move into? Well, so I went to college to teach high school biology to deaf students. 
Okay. And so I ended up in the media, which is a great transition. <laughs> Actually, what ended up happening was uh, <laughs> there was like this celebrity sportscaster thing in Denver yeah. and they asked me to do it. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll totally do it. So I did it. And they hired me on the spot to cover um, the Salt Lake City Olympics. I was like, yeah. holy cow. And then it just started snowballing, right? So then I started doing a lot of TV um, and got tired of that, started doing radio. I was like a morning shock jock person, which I know was hard to believe. Um, and I got tired of talking about like just frivolous things, right? Got back into sports, started doing a, a nationally syndicated radio show um, with a guy named Rob Dibble, who was a baseball player. Mm. I was covering the 2012 games uh, for Fox doing all the TV things. And so that's what I was doing. Um, you know, up until the day that I got injured, I was doing media stuff. So what happened that day? Like you're, you decide to go, what is ATV? Yeah. So what actually the way that the day started, right. I went and this is kind of a weird thing, but I went and I did CrossFit. Like I always did met the owner of the box, um, whose name was DJ went home that day and my husband and I, we went to dinner and we could have walked cause it was like a quarter of a mile away. Um, but you know, we had been living in Los Angeles and I said, I wanted to feel the air and the wind and all the things. And, um, I said, why don't you take your motorcycle? I'll take my ATV and had dinner. And I remember push, standing up and pushing my chair in and that's where my memory stops. So, but what ended up happening was oh. my husband who normally took off in front of me, um, if he would have done that that night, he wouldn't have found me, but, um, he was messing with his motorcycle. He said, he looked up and he was like, what is she doing? There wasn't a scream, not a screech, not a brake light. I hit a curb and went over a six foot cliff. Oh. Um, and my first responder happened to be my guy, DJ from the CrossFit box, oh, which wow. is really weird. That's why I bring that up in the story. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy, huh? What was their first response when they, when they saw you? I mean, you've obviously had conversations with them. Yeah. So I, I mean, I wasn't really having conversations because, yeah. um, you know, when my husband found me, I was not breathing. I wasn't yeah. there. And then I gotten hit in the head so hard. A lot of people don't realize I actually had a traumatic brain injury. Mm. Um, and so I wasn't forming sentences. Like my eyes were going two different directions. I was convulsing. Um, it was so bad on the scene that after my first responder, DJ, my CrossFit guy had watched me on the news a few times, like on the today show or whatever, he didn't believe that it was me. So he drove three hours one way to come and see me to make sure that it was real. Wow. Like he was like, I cannot. And he told my husband when he went out of ICU, he goes, I cannot believe that this is the same human that I put in that helicopter. Mm. Really? So yeah, yeah, wow. it was really not good. And then we found out later after the scans came through that if you take a piece of your hair, not you, you particularly Brett, but a piece of yeah. hair, <laughs> cut it in half. Um, that's how far away from my aorta, my, I dislocated my bone was. So the, the fact that they got me in, into the hospital and into surgery and through surgery is just amazing. So I don't know. I'm supposed to be here for a reason. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Drive everyone nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so how did they first break the news to you uh, that you would never walk again? So it's interesting, right? Like people always ask that. And the answer is they didn't. They never did. Um, I knew. Um, and, you know, we've got a dear friend that you swam with, that I swam with, Dave Denniston, mm -hmm. who is also paralyzed. Yeah. Um, and he'll tell you the same thing. You know you're paralyzed, right? 
you know that like you're drinking a lot and you've got IVs going and you don't have to pee. You know that it takes three people every half an hour to flip you from your right side to your back to your left side. Um, you know that when the hot nurse walks in and he smiles at you, you don't feel anything, which is weird. Mm. So you know you're paralyzed, right? Yeah. Um, but I think I was so thankful to be alive. Like I just didn't care. And then, you know, again, I get to learn from people like Dave Denniston, who uh, is doing amazing things. I mean, the first, you know, disabled NCAA Division One swim coach. Amazing. Yeah. So I'm learning from him. He was the guy that I would call at three in the morning and be like, Dave, this is weird. And he's like, I know it sounds weird. It's normal. You're okay. Go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so it was cool. I think, I think the reason that, you know, I transitioned so well was because I did have help like, you know, with him. So you know, not with him, from him. <laughs> so you, you've known Dave for a while. You were telling me that you had, you had a Dave story you'd like to share. That's right. So I've known David a long time. He actually took my sister to prom. Mm. So I've known Dave a long time and I had gotten back from the 96 Olympics and he was just a high school, he was a spry young fella. And we were all kind of joking around, you know, everyone shaves down and eats dinner and stuff. And he saw something on the counter. He goes, Amy, what is that? And I go, well, it's creatine. And he goes, creatine, what is that? And I go, oh, it's supposed to make you stronger, all the things. <laughs> well, how do you take it? And I looked at him and I go, well, you snort it. <laughs> and he goes, oh, you do? And I go, yeah, you snort it. Dave Denniston snorted two lines of creatine right there in my room. Uh, so I'm sorry it. to his wife. I'm the one that has messed him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the sledding accident that did that. <laughs> no, it was the creatine to the brain. <laughs> creatine to the brain. That's awesome, Dave. Good stuff, man. You never lived that one down. <laughs> no, he never. Now that everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, what's what's the hardest part of all this for you then? Um, you know, do you do you miss walking, or are you comfortable in your new life where you're at and what you're doing? So I don't, I mean, the walking thing to me, listen, I miss it. Like I miss being six feet tall, right? That's the part that I miss. But the thing is like, if they were to say, okay, here's the deal, Amy, you can either walk or you can get your bowel, your bladder and your sexual function back. What are you going to choose? I'm choosing the latter. The hardest part is not being in the wheelchair. The hardest part is that I don't want to be graphic, but I'm going to go there. Like I am paralyzed from my belly button down and I want you to think of all the things that are below your belly button mm. that now no longer works. So yeah. I'll be nice about it. I don't know when I have to use the ladies room. Yeah. So you do it on a timer and you hope to God that everything works right. That's the part that's the hardest. Yeah. So the wheelchair is kind of cool, right? You get to bump curbs, like fly downhill. You know, when you have a little bit too much to drink, people like, you know, use you as a taxi. It's fine. <laughs> do you ever wish that you had kids before the accident or are you glad that you didn't so good question like you know my husband and i we had talked about that and um you know if kids happened they happened and if not then they didn't and they didn't and so i don't know i mean it would be nice to have someone you know help out or whatever um but then also like i go visit my sister and she's got four kids and I'm sitting there with the two-year-old and, you know, going, hey, you and I both poop in our pants. It's fine. <laughs> I don't do that on a daily basis. Don't, I don't want people to think that. Now they're going to look at everyone in a wheelchair and go, they're pooping themselves. That's not how it works. Sorry. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. I said poop on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about your foundation then. I know you're uh, very um, passionate about that. 
I am. Thank you. Yeah. So it's, um, it's called Amy's army. Mm-hmm. And what we do is we get custom wheelchairs, um, that fit perfectly and the color and all the things for kids 18 and under. Um, we're going to start branching out to, um, veterans who come home and getting them all set up and things, but that's what we're doing right now. And it is, uh, it's something that is so important. A lot of people don't realize how awful an ill-fitted wheelchair can be for us. I mean, mm-hmm. it can cause all sorts of problems in this up in the hospital for months on end. So um, insurance will not allow a kid to get a wheelchair like I have. Um, parents have to pay out of pocket. The wheelchairs that kids are allowed to get are the ones you see in the hospitals or the airports. Mom and dad have to pick that up in and out of the car at 70 pounds. Um, and so, you know, we get them a light fast. If they want wheels that light up, we get them wheels that light up and um, whatever they want on their wheelchair. So that is what we're doing. And if you want to find us, it's very easy. You go to amyvandyken.org and you've got all the things. amyvandyken.org. Excellent. I love it. Yeah. Beautiful. Everybody head there. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. You. Now, listen, you know, after the accident, did, did anything, did your personality change or your outlook on life? I know Dave, you know, talked to me about his experience, you know, the person he was and now the person he is. And he, he's, he's actually thankful that the accident happened to him and he can't walk. Now, I know that's pretty extreme to say, but it's kind of the way he puts it. Is it, is it a similar experience for you? Yeah, I tell everybody I'm a better person today than I was before my accident. You know, um, there's a specific event that I do remember. Um, there was a, I was able-bodied, and there was a guy who walked through the door. I held the door open for him. He didn't say thank you. He didn't tell me to F off, and he didn't bob his head. And of course, in true any fashion, I said, you're welcome, your royal highness. Next time, I'll roll out the red carpet for you. So then I get hurt, right? And I hear about how my husband was in um, the waiting room, and I just know how he, it was. And I know for a fact, if someone held the door open for him, he couldn't say thank you. He couldn't tell them to F off. He couldn't give them a head bob. So now I look at people like that, and I say, like, what was wrong with that guy? Mm-hmm. You know, what was going on in his world that he couldn't do that? Mm-hmm. So I think I'm, I'm much more understanding of people sometimes. I'm going to throw mm-hmm. sometimes in there. Um, <laughs> no, I think I'm much more understanding, and I think that I'm more compassionate, and I think that I really love life more than I did before. But I think when you have it taken away, um, you value it a little bit more. So you, in a way, you think you're thankful for the accident? Yeah, really? absolutely. I'm, I'm with Dave. You know, there's, you can go one of two ways when something like this happens, right? You can go the way that Dave and I went, or you can go the way that some other people get. And I, I, listen, I get it. It's, a, it's not an easy road. It's mm. not an easy life. Mm. But I think that, you know, if you can just look at every day as like, you're there and you're not supposed to really be there, you know, that you've survived all these odds i think maybe you could have a better day yeah well what about your future then what are you excited about coming out of um quarantine what are you excited for the future i'm excited to hug people (laughs) oh my god i can't wait um but yeah i mean besides hugging people and going to restaurants and things like Mm. that um yeah i mean getting back to competing in crossfit um you know i'm excited to do that i qualified for the games this year and didn't get to go so I got in second the year before. So, you know, I got to try to get, get that girl. Um, and, you know, I'm just excited to do that. I'm, you know, like I said, excited to be able to drive up into the mountains and like hang out in a mountain town with your friends and like have a cocktail. Yeah. So wow. how about you? Like what's the one thing when you get out of quarantine, like you're stoked for? 
Well, I just moved to LA, so I'm stoked for that. Like, I'm so excited during quarantine. Um, nice. I met, yeah, so I, I met a new girl. I got a new girlfriend, and I moved to LA. So, like, quarantine's been amazing to me. So, I'm pretty happy about it. <laughs> Good for you. That's why you got that big smile on your face. That a kid. <laughs> yeah, let's just stay. Let's stay in quarantine. It's going good. Um, yeah. But no, I love LA. LA is amazing. I've been out here now for a week and I'm just loving every moment of it. So I'm super oh, excited good. for that. So, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows what the future holds now, but um, yeah. I just, I, I hope the Olympics go off. I'd, lo- I'd love to see that, you know, so definitely Wouldn't want that to happen. With fans, yeah. right? Like when they were talking about no fans, I don't know how you felt. I'm like, no, 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 no. We do that all the time. Like we need to have the people. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. We got to have fans. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. It would be horrible without, but wouldn't um, it? It'd be, ta- yeah. it'd be weird. They wouldn't have those things at the, the what do they call them? The bazoozalas or whatever. Yeah. Those are yeah. fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I appreciate it. This has been awesome. Uh, we had uh, our first uh, fire alarm go off during a podcast. So that's uh, been an ex- right? exciting one. We, it's because we were so on fire, Brett. That's <laughs> we what happened there. We were <laughs> uh, but uh, I, listen, I appreciate you asking me to do this. It's really cool. I've been listening and following along with the other ones. So thank you. Yeah, no problem. All right. Listen, take care and uh, hopefully we'll catch up again soon. Okay. Sounds good. Have a great day. Thanks, Amy. Bye. Bye.